Oops, a couple minutes early, but we can start anyhow. Um, church I grew up in, uh, a lot of times the song leader would get up and uh, we'd start five minutes early. He'd say, we're going to redeem the time, and uh, that's what we did. It's good to see all of you on this uh, beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Now, I don't know about you, but I would rather it be sunny and 12 degrees, like it was, or rather than 40 and rain, okay? <laughs> so I, I enjoy the nice, crisp, cold days in the wintertime, and it's good to see all of you here this morning. I trust you had a good week, and uh, let's pray for our services today, and remember our teacher upstairs, Brother Stefano, and all of our teachers downstairs as well. All right. As I was thinking about the songs this morning, and I know I'm always, we're always given suggestions, okay, uh, but I went beyond the suggestion this morning and chose my own number out of the chorus book this morning, number 40. Uh, our lesson today is about uh, uh, our responsibility to our brothers and sisters, uh, our Christian family. We have a great responsibility. And I thought about this song this morning, God's Family. So let's try to sing this together. I think we know it. Uh, so let's all join in. Help me out with my raspy voice this morning. Okay. Number 40 in the chorus book. We're part of the family that's been born again. Part of the family whose love knows no end. For Jesus has saved us and made us. 
we do without God's family? I know I've said it before and we've talked about it numbers of times. Uh, sometimes we feel closer to our Christian family than we do our own family, especially, uh, you know, with some of our unsaved loved ones. It, it, it's hard sometimes uh, to enjoy family like we should be able to enjoy family. But I'm thankful for my family, my earthly family, and my Christian family here on earth as well. So thank you for your good singing this morning. Today's lesson is the Christian's responsibility to God's family. The key verse we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. We've heard it said over and over and over, Jesus first, others second, and ourselves last. And uh, that's how God's family works. We share. The song said sometimes we laugh together. Sometimes we cry. And then I enjoy sharing together about how it's going to be someday. That's what I really like to do. Look forward to that. The central truth, we are responsible to promote Christ-like living in God's family. All right. We need to look to the Lord in prayer this morning. There's many, many needs. We have a lot of needs in our church, and it's, it's incredible uh, how long it takes sometimes in, in prayer to get through all the needs just in our own church here. Uh, and so we've got a lot of people that are suffering today. I see the Arns are not here, so let's remember them, and Sister Doris is not here, and... Uh, Wow, others that we have been praying for. And then you got the crazy sicknesses going around and who knows what all is involved in that kind of thing. So let's just remember each other in prayer, all the needs that we have here. Uh, remember our upcoming revival. Not too early to start praying about that. So let's remember that. We just got word this morning that... An evangelist friend of ours who we've we worked with in camp meeting before 
uh, his, his son. The, the evangelist is Patrick Maley. I don't know if you know him or not, but his son, Kyle, uh, we, what we understand is he was drinking out of a hose and uh, somehow he got very, very sick. sick, sick nearly unto death. That's how sick he is. And so we haven't heard word this morning yet. So let's remember Kyle Maley this morning. Uh, we have physical needs written in our bulletin. So many, many here. You can read down through there. And remember David and Linda Beachel and Sister Dorothy Arnd. Thank the Lord for the help that Brother Charlie Bowser's been. Let's remember him. Craig Berkey, brother DeStefano's sister Mary, uh, Matt Ferguson, Doris, we mentioned her, uh, Donna Kondash and son, and Reese Litch Litchfield. Those are the missionaries across the sea there. Jacinda Mason, let's remember her. Rhonda Maurer, Susan Nyman. How's Susan Nyman? What a, about the same. About the same. Let's remember her. And George Pardo and Darvin Ryan. I, I think Brother Darvin's doing better. At least I heard that, uh, that he is doing better. So thank the Lord for that. Paul and Marlene Smith, they're here this morning. Let's remember them. Ray Stahl, Anna Stolzfus. Well, there's a lot of physical needs. And then we have a lot of other needs too. Uh, missionaries and our bus outreach and uh, community. And let's keep remembering... Uh, those who've gone from our church to pastor other churches. Let's remember Travis. We always should remember him. There's just so many other needs there. So let's, let's continue uh, to remember the shut-ins, Brenda Baker, uh, Charlotte Hallenbeck, Virginia Miller, Peggy and Sanja Woolsey, and there's, there may be others that didn't get on that list, but let's remember that. Remember to pray for the Sunbury God's Missionary Church this week as the Church of the Week, Pastors Ryan Martin and Nathaniel Black. All right, do you have any special requests that you would like to mention this morning? Vera Garman is very sick with um, cold, and I'm not sure what all, but she's very sick. All right, let's remember Sister Vera. All right, let's pray for our teachers, as I've mentioned. Uh, and Brother Stefano upstairs, and let's remember our services uh, today, our worship services as well, that the Lord will have his way and give us good services today. All right, let's stand, if we would this morning. Let's all just pray out together and uh, ask the Lord to help us today. Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. We're glad to be worship you. There are so many around our world today that have no desire to be in your house. There are some, Lord, that don't really know anything about your house. And there are others, Lord, that would love to be in your house and cannot be here today. I pray that you would bless each one, Lord. You, you know the names on the, the bulletin. You knew them before we ever put them on there. You're able to help each one today, our, our feeble human minds, 
can't remember all of them, but as we pray collectively, Lord, for those in, in our bulletin and in our church that need help, I pray that you would just be with them in a special way, Lord. We think especially of uh, the Arns today, Sister Doris Hoffman, Lord, and Brother Ray Stahl, and these, Lord, that really have a lot of needs, Sister Vera, Lord. I pray that you would give her a special touch today. She's certainly missed when she's not here. Remember Susan Nyman today. Remember those that are in the hospital, uh, those uh, of our shut-ins that are not able to get out anymore, Sister Miller and Sister Hallenbeck and uh, others, Lord. I pray that you would just help today and undertake for every need, Lord, in our congregation. Surely there are many, many needs that are represented here today. And, uh, we didn't ask for a show of hands, but Lord, I know for a fact that there are many, many, many needs because there's needs that, Lord, that I'm thinking of in, in my own life, Lord, and I pray that you would help. Remember uh, uh, Kyle Bailey today, Lord, you know all about this young man, and I pray that you would help them and be with the Bailey family, Lord, and help Brother Bailey himself who's going through a lot of physical problems today. I pray that you would just help them in a special way. Remember our revival, Lord. I pray that you would prepare our hearts for the services, Lord, that we might enter into revival with a goal that we might see souls saved and, and saints encouraged and be with our evangelists as he comes, Lord. And then it's not too early to think about camp meeting and pray for our camps, Lord. And, uh, pray for uh, our upcoming uh, uh, service with uh, God's Bible School. I pray that you would have your way and undertake for each need. Remember our missionaries today. And remember those that are uh, suffering from persecution around the world. And, and Lord, we think of our own country here and the needs that we have for revival in our nation. I pray that you would answer prayer. Be with each teacher today. Help with the Stefano upstairs. Just help in our services. Be with our pastors as they bring forth the word today. Honor and glorify, Lord, your name. And for what you do for us today, we will give you praise at the close of this day for helping us in these services. In the name of Jesus, we ask that you would be with us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. May be seated. All right. So, I'm looking for the birthdays. There we go. Birthdays and anniversaries. Eric Susan has a birthday. That would be today, right? The 25th? Yeah, the 25th. My brother-in-law has a birthday. Brother Alan Walter has a birthday today. So I usually remember, I think maybe it's your sister's birthday. Yeah, and I think my wife's sister's birthday at the end of February. So we have Eric Susan, Deb Fulmer, Vera Garman, Ray Stahl, and Ray Young. All right. Happy birthday to all of these. Okay, for announcements, March the 1st, we have the special missionary service with the Gults at, 
at uh, Penview Tabernacle. Let's remember that service. And uh, there's a little note here with little asterisks before and after. 25 dozen cookies needed for snack following the service. So let's remember that. Bus and Outreach Convention. That's coming up uh, next week. Next week. Church cleanup day, March the 9th at 9. And then we have a, our revival starts on the 12th of March through the 17th with Brother Joe Smith. Let's remember that. God's Bible School Ensemble will be here March 21st. Let's remember that special service. Looking forward to that. And then uh, some things in the future. IHC in Gatlinburg, Mount of Blessing Cleanup Day on June 1st. God's Missionary Youth Camp, Mount of Blessing Camp, and boy, after that, Penn's Creek Camp and other, other camps. Uh, let's pray for our camp meetings, and let's be faithful as much as we can uh, to attend. All right. If the ushers will come, we'll receive the Sunday school offering, and then we will turn the service over to our teacher, Brother Stefano. Let's pray for him. to see everybody in the Lord's house this beautiful Sunday morning. All right. Looking over my class. Sometimes I go into a classroom, I don't really know the kids' names. And uh, hopefully the teacher has a seating chart with everybody's name and where they're supposed to be sitting. Because if I want to say, Harry, you need to quit talking to Josephine over there. You need to get on the task. And if I don't know their names, I can't call them out, right? If they don't listen to me, then I can't make a note because I don't know their name. So I'm very, very thankful when I have a seating chart and everybody has an assigned seat. Now, you all have assigned seats, too, because you all sit in the same place every week, right? Most of you. Except for maybe Bev, we all make mention about Bev, you know, moving around. She gets around a little bit. All right, let's ask the Lord to help us. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for your gracious help in preparing for this lesson. I pray you help us all, myself as instructor and all of us as learners, to get something from the lesson from your word, your inerrant word. Help us to trust your word. We ask your gracious help in every classroom and in this one and in every part of our services today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.
the Christian's responsibility to God's family. This is taken from Romans chapter 14, 1 through 18. And uh, you will notice that, maybe you've noticed in the, in the last category of our lesson, that it says that it covers through verse 23. Well, it really doesn't, but that's what it's saying there. I don't know why it says that, but anyway. Uh, but this is not a lesson about missionaries. This is not a lesson about going out knocking on doors on outreach. It's not what it's about. It's about us. Right here at the church. And uh, wherever we have contact with our fellow Christians. The first category of our lesson is accepting a weak brother. It's a responsibility. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 9 in our lesson here. Someone said we must be tough-minded toward ourselves and tender-hearted toward others. Tough-minded toward ourselves. And that's hard to do sometimes. <coughs> Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. Now, there's a danger of giving a hasty diagnosis of what the other person's problems are. And this diagnosis could lead to doubtful plan for a solution. Doubtful disputations, you might say. There are those who are weak in the faith because of the fact that they are new in the faith. We have to be tolerant of that, don't we? Or have not developed in the faith following the lead of the Lord. Or have a very spotty prayer life. That makes them weak in the faith. Or have a very spotty devotion to Bible study. And there are some who need bolstering because of discouragement which may be due to a tragedy in their lives or some other serious setback in their lives. So they all, we all need to be bolstering and helping each other. And don't try to polish over a real and evident shortcoming in someone's life. Don't try to polish it over. Uh, and that could lead to doubtful disputations. Verse 2, For one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Now, I don't think I could live on herbs and vegetables. <coughs> and there are people who are what they call vegans, right? They don't eat anything that pertains to um, animal uh, products, you know. And um, I guess you could survive, but I don't know how you could. And there's certainly nothing in Scripture that says you can't eat meat. 
Uh, now, there are some people who do, eat, who do not eat carefully, but you know, we can talk about that a little later. But anyway, it's a huge thing in the Jewish economy and in Jewish history about the dietary laws. And um, there are very detailed guidelines as to what was permitted and what was not. Um, and there are probably some, maybe very, maybe probably many believing Gentiles who ate what they wanted indiscriminately. They just ate whatever they wanted. They didn't worry about the dietary laws. That was okay, you know. And there may have been some Gentiles who thought that it would be the best to just eat vegetables and the, and the other, that way they don't have to worry about violating the laws of the Jewish eating laws that they thought they had to obey those dietary laws. They're too complicated and fraught with the possibility of being disobedient to the dietary laws. There were some Jew Gentiles who maybe were thinking that way. They shouldn't have been thinking that way. So maybe that's part of what the problem was. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Now, to despise someone is to pass judgment on that person. But also to despise also may just mean that you, you know, you despise people, it means you just don't have anything to do with them. You're not particularly friendly to them. You don't say bad things about them necessarily, but maybe you do, and you don't talk about them, you don't talk to them. You just don't have anything to do with them. You despise them. You don't hate them, you just don't, you just don't want to be around them. You ignore them. You don't talk to them. And despising can be an act of judgment. You have to be careful. So an individual, in his or her honesty, acts to do his or her best to please the Lord. All right? God has received him. They're honest. They're doing their best to please the Lord. Who art thou, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be held up, for God is able to make him stand. And I have always thought that this other man that was talking about, it's God. We're all servants of God. How can you despise or how can you judge another man God, God's servant. Um, Paul is speaking of the one uh, is despised as God's servant. So if the person eats what he eats with a clear conscience toward his master, the master will not destroy him, but will help him to come to a better understanding of righteousness. Now, if someone's doing something wrong, the Lord is faithful to show you what you need to do to correct what you're doing. 
He's your master. And he's your guide. And he is your Lord. One man esteemeth one day above another. Another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. All right, so most people observe Christmas. Most people observe Easter. Christians should observe the Lord's Day. That's holding one day above another, you might say. But then there are others who have uh, some kind of, uh, take some kind of uh, recognition of days like the day of Pentecost or Ash Wednesday or Good Friday or Maundy Thursday. In England, I think they have Mickle Mass, not just Christmas Mass, but Mickle Mass. Something about St. Michael, I guess. Twelfth Night. The British are big on Twelfth Night, I guess. You know. So some people have other days that they observe above others. Let every man be persuaded in his own mind. Everyone has to be at peace with God. Yes. Observing Christian feasts and holidays. In most cases, there need not be any consternation and nervousness about that a Christian may not observe certain days. There's no need to be concerned and worried about all of that, okay? One day, one person esteems one day above another. He that regardeth the day, regardeth it unto the Lord. He that regardeth not the day, <coughs> to, the door, to the Lord he doth not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not, and giveth God thanks. All right. So there are some people who may not eat pork because, you know, it's part of the Jewish food laws, you might say. All right. Um... And there are some people who eat other things that other people say, well, you really shouldn't be eating that. I mean, um, you should be careful. My advice to you, okay, this is what I'm going to tell you. Be careful about eating over-processed food. Food that's so processed, there's nothing left in it that's of any value very much. You're just eating and drinking chemicals, which are not good for you. Doesn't take a scientist to know that. But um, so be careful. Try to stick to one ingredient foods instead of things that have too many other things in there that might tickle your tongue. You know. Anyway. Um, and so not regarding a certain day is something that the individual has brought to the Lord honestly and their conscience is clear about it. So regarding a certain day is an act of conscience. Okay? I don't think a lot of you have problems with observing certain days. 
Um, used to be there would be more churches that would have a Good Friday afternoon church service. Okay? That's just acknowledging the importance of Good Friday. Or Monday, Thursday, I guess, was another time people would have church services on a Thursday, being the day that Jesus suffered in the garden, and so on. Um, something like that. And um, the individual gives God the credit and gives God thanks. As far as matter, the matter of guides, uh, one in what you will eat. And in all these cases, the individual gives God the credit and gives God the thanks. For none of us liveth to himself, and no man dieth to himself. So, <coughs> there are not a lot of things here that maybe you or I or a lot of people here really worry about as far as eating and as far as observing certain days. What's the point? <coughs> the point is, don't be so picky at people because they're a little different from you in the way they do things. Folks, we don't need to be doing that. If we're living according to God's word, we're acceptable in the eyes of the Lord. For none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Check in with God and see how your life is lining up with his word regarding the decisions of life. We die for the Lord, if necessary. We live for him right now. But we don't do any of this, any of this for ourselves. When you're a Christian, you're living for the Lord. You're living in obedience to the Lord. You're living according to the guidance that the Lord gives you. And a sincere heart can't go wrong. A heart that's living according to God's word. For whether we live, we live under the Lord. And whether we die, we die under the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. He owns us, you see. And we live to please him. And our conscience and our hope is that when we leave this life, we are still the Lord's because we live for him. So whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Christ changed us when we got saved. He gave us grace, power to live for him. He revived us and revives us from time to time. <coughs> In the end, all of that is what really matters. For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the Lord both of the dead and of the living. For, the, for this end. To what end? That we would have our minds and our hearts made up always to be Christ's servant and that we would love him. You know he loves us? Yes. You know that God loves us? Oh, if people could just realize, God loves me. God cares about me. I can go to God and ask for help. He loves me. <coughs> How did this gift come to us? 
It came through the faith in the shed blood of Christ and through the realization that God so loved the world that he loves us even now, too. Yes. When you pray for your loved ones who are not living for the Lord, why not pray for them to think, God loves me. He sees me. He cares about me. No no matter what I'm going through, no matter how perplexed I am, God loves me and he will guide me. I can't make, you know, do you ever get to the point you can't make decisions, you're having a hard time making decisions? God loves you. God will guide you. Let him show you the way. And uh, we have to trust that our Christian brothers and sisters have faith in God and God's guiding them. And I've said so many times before, Scripture tells us, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And that word Lord means, literally means in the Scripture in the New Testament, Most of the time that word Lord appears in the Greek, it means controller. He's the controller. Oh, yes. And we need to put our lives into his control. The next section of our lesson, accusing a weak brother, that's a danger. Romans chapter 14, verses 10 through 13. (coughs) But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, remember the scripture, charity thinketh no evil. If you love your brother, you don't think evil about him or her. Is it charitable to judge a fellow Christian on some flimsy personal notion that you have about how a Christian should live? Everyone must examine the word of God for truths to live by. Not just some little thing that you grew up with and that's the way you always did a certain thing. And you don't see your other person other Christian brother or sister not doing quite that like that, like you grew up, well, that's not what you judge people by. That's not the thing to, to do. The thing to do is to, to ask, are they lining up with God's word? Not just some little thing that you experienced in your upbringing. We're all so different. Yeah. Oh. You're all so different in what you grew up with. The way you lived, the way you ate, things you talked about, what your grandma was like, what your grandpa was like. My grandparents hardly spoke English very well at all. My grandparents on my dad's side, I told you so many times, made wine in their basement. It was potent stuff, too. (laughs) 
you know. So uh, we all have a different background, different culture, you might say. That's not something you, on which you uh, would spring your um, decisions about other people. <coughs> Everyone must examine the word of God for truths to live by. Because Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 48, The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. That's what's going to be judging people, is God's word. And so we should not be judging anybody based on anything else. Very careful. We do have to make judgments. You have to make judgments. When I was a school principal, I had to make judgments. When you serve on a board, you have to make judgments. Yeah, you, you say you're not supposed to judge. Yeah, you do. You better. You better make honest, serious judgments about people and things. You have to. So, but it's talking here about other kinds of judgments, you know, that you make that are not really based on facts and truth. For it is written, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. One may cause confusion when one criticizes a fellow Christian with extra warnings. This criticism can, quote, set at naught a brother or sister. For it is written, verse 11, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Many people in the world don't know this fact. Every knee is going to bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Again, what is the source of authority, the source of our spiritual assurance? It is written. It is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Folks, it is written. It is final. It is truth. As I live, saith the Lord, he said it. And he lives forever and is the giver of life as I live. You can count on what I say because I am life itself. Every knee shall bow to me. And you know, Christ always spoke with authority. Every knee shall bow to me. That's powerful. Every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Verse 12. And knowing that we shall give account to God, we can be sure of our account. There's no guessing as to whether we live right. We know if we lived right or not. We can give an account. To whom will we give account? To God. Not someone else who may not like the harmless way you do different things. No. 
I shall give an account to God. Let not us therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. You know, that judging can drift into and can spiral into condemnation. We're not called to condemn one another. We're not called to that. We don't want to have a stumbling block. We don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody. Let's be careful. Let's pray one for another. We're talking about in the scripture about edifying one another. What is an edifice? It's a building. It's another word. The word edifice means a building. And we want to build up people. There's always going to be an absolutely unchangeable differences amongst us. You're so different, each and every one of you. And that's beautiful. That's the beauty of people, that they're all different, and we can appreciate them. We can understand human nature. Um... One of the best ways to study history, when you see things that happen in history, is to ask, why did this happen? Why did people do what they did? That's what history is all about. It's really psychology. What's in people's heads and in their heart that made them do what they did? If every history teacher understood the nature of man, that man is basically a fallen creature, and that's why he did what he did. You know. And if we want to change history, if we want to influence history right now, we should be living for the Lord because that's the right way to go. That's the right way to make decisions. People are not basically good. They're not. You have to have laws. You have to have walls. I'm not just talking about the wall of Texas. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about building the wall on the border of Texas. Yeah, you need that too. But there have to be walls in our lives and say you cannot go beyond this. If you go beyond that, it's wrong. It's sin against yourself and against your fellow man. But if people had a real understanding and a real acceptance of the nature of man, the communists were saying, oh, we're all going to have everything, everybody's going to be equal. No, they're not. No, no people who do not know the Lord are not going to treat everybody equally. They're not. They're looking out for me, baby. Yeah. And most people in the world are looking out for me. Number one, numero uno, me. Yes. But accommodating our brother, that's necessity. That's a necessity. We need to edify one another, but we need to accommodate each other. 
I know, verse 14, I know and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now he's not speaking about, Paul's not speaking about unhygienic, rotten, or diseased stuff. He's not talking about that. He's referring to the food that the Jews may eat or the places, the common places they may go. Paul is saying that, and Peter made this very clear. The Jewish food laws don't apply like they used to. So, so um, there's nothing unclean, Paul writes here in verse 14. But to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Um, nevertheless, people in their sincerity and innocence may still esteem certain foods and certain habits of life, not just talking about foods, but talking about habits of life, to be unclean. And there are people who are honestly trying to serve the Lord. They don't, they're, they're not strong in the faith. Uh, they're not experienced in the faith. And they're sincerely trying to do things a certain way, and to them it is unclean until they have enlightenment. I think that's what it's trying to say here in this, in this scripture. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably. Destroy not him that with thy meat for whom Christ died. And remember that Paul is talking about being careful that you or I do not tamper don't tamper with the conscience of a brother. Now, this, there, you know in Scripture you've been reading, you've read before about where it says, um, you know, about offering, by, by eating meat that was offered to idols. Now, some people were very conscientious about that. They would not eat meat that was offered to idols. So if you go ahead and you say, oh, that doesn't mean anything, I'm going to eat all... All the, you know, any meat that's offered to idols, and that's okay if you do eat meat that's offered to idols. It doesn't mean anything. But to the person who's weak in their conscience, and they're trying to, to serve the Lord, and you violate their conscience, that's something you need to be careful about. Um, I remember years ago when I was working in a factory, I was talking to somebody was talking about how their pastor would occasionally have a beer, you know. And I was trying to say, well, you know, the thing about that is that pastor might feel like it's okay in his own mind, you know, not really, really not okay, but in his own mind he thinks it's okay. But he is violating that person who is so weak that they won't stop with one beer. That person can't handle it. You're the preacher and you're having a beer, but that person who doesn't know where to stop and gets loaded down with alcohol time after time, you have violated that person's conscience. You have misdirected that person. You made that person think it was okay when it wasn't. You know what I'm saying? And I'm certainly not, certainly not promoting the idea of you know, having a beer. I'm not talking about that. <coughs> but if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, 
Thou walkest, now walkest thou not charitably. You don't love that person. Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. And um, so we're not to tamper with other people's conscience. If he or she is careful about a matter, like eating meat offered to an idol, in this case, don't tamper with their conscience by going ahead and capriciously eating meat offered to an idol. Christ values each Christian. He died for each one. Whatever their honest preferences are, let not your good be evil spoken of. Verse 16. To you, the meat is eating is just fine. To the more careful or the more weaker or the more inexperienced brother or sister, it is evil. All right, let's move on here. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. All of these foods and drink questions are really outside the real description of what the kingdom is all about. What is right? What does the scripture tell us is right? Where does one obtain real and certain peace? In the Holy Ghost. Where do people get what they are all longing for, which is joy? You get it in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. You have to have peace in your heart and in your life if you're going to really serve the Lord. You have to know that you're acceptable to the Lord. Anyway, let's take a look at ourselves. Let's be careful in our relationships with other Christians, knowing that we all have different backgrounds and different life experiences. Are you careful? So this week, why not take a little more time and further contemplate these scriptures that we've... These are not easy scriptures. It's not... These are not easy scriptures to apply to our lives. And we want to really give, give more thought to it if you can. Take some time, and I recommend that. Thank you for your attention today.